I think that you have always really, really wanted a relationship with your brother that you have never had before because I don't think that he feels the same like need to have a relationship with a little brother that you're so desperately searching for. And the amount of times that I have watched you from the sidelines when you're showing your brother these things that you're doing or you're like, and I I know how desperately you're trying to get that that approval or that like, dude, that's so great. Like, look at you. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you've done. And it just doesn't feel like you've ever gotten that. We used to be kids. Now we're not. Something happened in between. This is the Broken Youth Club. We had like put up this uh, thing asking people if they had any like questions for us or whatever. And someone asked something along the lines of like, how did we decide to do this and be so vulnerable with strangers? And I think for us, a lot of it was coming off of like, we are parents and now like our kids are getting older and we're getting in these different seasons. And it feels like we start to, we start to parent the way that we were parented. And then it's like, this doesn't feel good or oh I definitely don't want to go this route and I think the more that we kind of dug into that it was like I think maybe we should be talking about why we don't want to parent that way or what our experience is realizing that you're um like we were presented more with like some sort of template like I had a template that I was shown you had a template that you were shown and we had we can build off of that but there are definitely moments where you realize Oh, I can change this aspect or this one or whatever. Yeah. And it reminded me of an email that we got really early on uh, that a guy kind of gave a lot of his story and then spoke to ways that he felt he was treating these kids in his life. So I thought maybe that would be a good one to pull from. Yeah. Uh, It is a lengthier email. And again, I just don't feel like there are parts of it that I really want to cut out. I think it's important to kind of show where maybe his anger came from. And what he's referencing okay. towards the end. Yeah. Um, but because this is a long email, I'm going to try really hard not to stutter through it. Hey, I think or... you did great on that. that Thank last you. Time. I'm going to try really hard. But, Much um... better than I can do. <laughs> Listen, I like to read, but I've always had a problem with um, speaking a lot, like reading aloud. But then I also, I don't know if it's my ADHD or what, but <clears throat> even when I'm reading a book. Yeah. I have to like reread the same sentences over and over. And it's just like, you know, if you say there's, you know, 20 sentences on a page, I can go one, two, and then two, three, four. And then I have to go three, four, five, four, four. You know, it's like, yeah. it, I have to keep going back because I already forget what I just fucking read by this, by the period. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here <laughs> and can read in place of me. I'm sure I will, you know, at times, but. Yeah. It just it makes me go like, oh, here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. A side note also, I literally don't know what it is about us sitting in these chairs mm-hmm. where my nose immediately starts dripping. The, dude, me too. Immediately. I, I feel like I'm very nasally. I don't know if it's because I'm leaning back yeah. or, no, or, or if it's because we have the, the in-ears that are 
blocking some of the pressure or what? Yeah, maybe, maybe that is what it is. Maybe you can pull one out a little bit. Then I'm going to be fucking with it the whole episode. Oh, okay. Man, well, I just, I feel so, We like, can try to get, you know, over ears or just not at all. I mean, we don't necessarily need them. Is it just better to hear? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's more intimate. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah. um, okie dokie. All right, have at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologies in advance for potential length and disarray of this email. I'm typing on my phone and after two long and stressful days at Disneyland with my wife and her sister and niece, <clears throat> use as much or as little as you want. I have a very complicated way I remember my relationship with my dad. I spent a lot of my life being terrified of him because of years of physical and emotional abuse. And in my late teens, leaning up to him passing weeks after my 21st birthday, I felt sorry for not being able to know the version of him my older siblings kept talking about. Quote, he changed after you were born, they kept telling me. I'm assuming because me and my siblings after me were never planned, but I don't know. The main thing I remember is the hitting and the yelling, which was almost constant. My dad was bipolar, and looking back at things through the lens of my current knowledge, he was probably on the autism spectrum. Not saying that either of those are excuses for how he treated me growing up, just saying it adds context as to how he always seemed bad with handling his relationships with other people. He was very much a, quote, do what I say when I say it or else type of dad when I was a kid. And I'm sure you can imagine how swell that worked out for me being ADHD and autistic. He constantly would hit me and berate me every time I got distracted when I was supposed to be cleaning my room or doing my homework. I remember one time I told my mom I couldn't finish my math homework one night and that I would ask the math teacher for help with it. But the next morning when my dad found out I didn't finish my math homework, he said I was being lazy and a liar. Quote, and there's nothing worse in this world to me than a liar who's lazy. Before punching me in the jaw so, before punching me in the face so hard, he dislocated my jaw and then proceeded to take my brothers to school and didn't let me go to school for a few days until the bruise on my face went away. Eventually, the beatings got worse and worse, but he eventually just decided to not care and would let me go to school with the bruises since he knew nobody would report him. It was only after I was in high school that he stopped hitting me and started talking to me like an adult and a person he had respect for, but I'm pretty sure I know why he suddenly flipped, and it was fear. I was bullied a lot in school, all ages, and in high school, I was bullied to the point where the school literally had me on a list of potential school shooters. And when they proceeded to tell me that I was the most at-risk person on said list, I remember I got home from school one day with no backpack, and when my dad asked me what happened, it had been stolen by my bullies, and they literally pinned me down and ripped up all of my notes and textbooks and then burned it while all making me watch. I was already in a great mood when I got home. He slammed me into the wall, and apparently the look I gave him convinced him that I was going to kill him in his sleep, because he never laid his hands on me again after that. Going into the end of high school and starting college, I started to bond with my dad over our mutual love of anime and movies, and it felt like I finally was starting to have a relationship with him, only for him to get cancer and die slowly over a year and a half. I never fully got closure with my dad before he passed, which has always kind of fucked with me. I always wanted to ask him why he treated my older siblings and even my younger ones better than me, why he always seemed to hate me more, but it never happened. I also noticed that breaking the cycle of abuse is difficult, something I'm learning on this trip to Disneyland with my wife and her sister and niece. 
we don't have any children and I don't really have any experience with children at all. And it's honestly scaring me how easily I started saying things my dad used to say to me when I would whine about being tired or sore and threatening to beat them if they keep complaining. I always swore I would never be like my dad. But after only a handful of hours with the children, I turned into my dad down to yelling so much my voice blew out. So yeah, breaking cycles is hard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I resonate with a lot of that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first thing I actually thought was the the inability to um, fully appreciate any closure. Mm-hmm. And I instantly thought of my sister. And I know her struggles with, you know, because, you know, we, we've talked about Darren now in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my sister is... Technically, she's my half-sister. Right. But the way we've always lived is that doesn't, that doesn't compute, I mm-hmm. guess. In my, in my eyes, it's, I have a brother and I have a sister. That's just the way it is. Right. So we share, Darren, or I don't share any um, relationship other than Darren being my step-parent, but we have the same mom. Right. Um, so I know her relationship to Darren was different than mine, obviously, in many different ways. Being um, a girl, being younger than me, having, um, you know, more time with him on the latter end of his life. Because by the time he got even close to sick, I was I was in college and I was like, hey, don't don't contact me, you know. Right. But excuse me. I do know for Stormy that she uh, has struggled with. You know, trying there at the end to try to make it work or have some sort of closure there, knowing that, hey, this is kind of our last bit together. And um, yeah, I know, I know she struggles with the fact that he is no longer here. He was abusive and he was in a lot of ways terrible. But at the end of the day, it's still your parent. And so the confusion there is totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and we don't really know or understand the ins and outs, the ins and outs of her relationship with your dad or with her dad. Um, But even I think knowing the extent of how her dad treated you or treated your brother, I think that that would be a really difficult thing to maneuver. You know, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know how he was with her. But um, do you feel like. Do you feel like you needed closure with him? Do you? Because f- I feel like whenever we learned that he was sick, there wasn't a lot of emotion there. There wasn't. Nope. I um. I feel like I struggled because, like, right after the. Uh, I think the I last was, time we talked to him was at Stormy's wedding, right? Yeah. So I was. I was gonna say. I think right after high school. Obviously, I went to college. He reached out. I think it was my freshman year. And he was like, he he would pull this thing. He's like, well, you know, I I love I love you, Logue. I, I I think about you a lot. And I and I for the longest time, I I would, ugh, I would feel this like, oh, I love you too. You know, it's just like mm. you had to push it out of there. Yeah. Because I grew up having to say that basically. Yeah. And I remember then I was like, thanks for calling. 
And I, I remember specifically not saying I love you and like, okay, that's what that feels like. Yeah. And uh, he tried again, like another time or two or whatever. <clears throat> but I stopped. I ignored his calls. And then I remember there was a graduation, I think. I'm trying to remember who's it. What? Maybe it was Stormy's graduation. Yeah, that would be the thought. Uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I remember him commenting like on my tattoos and like having this feeling of like, well, buddy, buddy, yeah. you have no place to be talking to me right now. Right. I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, you ain't. So shut up. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, at Stormy's wedding was the last time I had seen or talked to him. And it was just this uncomfortable thing. I remember having this like. I don't I don't want this to come off as like conceited or any any other way. But this very human feeling of I'm telling him my accomplishments and they are some of them are even better than I wanted them to be when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And being able to say that to him made me have this like not sinister, but this like delicious delight of being able to say. In spite of you, I did really well. Yeah. Um. And, and that you were doing perfectly fine without him. Exactly. But throwing it back to the story, I very much resonate with the fact that I catch myself doing things that very much are him. Mm -hmm. And I don't... The, the amount of time that I had with my dad was so, you know, abbreviated. Right. And um, spread out. That I didn't, I don't know how many like parental habits I developed from him. Mm -hmm. I obviously have like humor habits and then facial yeah. tics and all the silly things that you can look at me and go like, oh, Jesus, that's Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but as far as like par parental habits, again, I feel like I got more of the there inside, un unfortunately. Right. And uh, a lot of that is I do have. You know, I can have a temper mm -hmm. and especially when I'm stressed or tired, I'm very quick to like lose my cool mm -hmm. and all right, everybody like, hey, I need everyone to be quiet. Yeah. You go to your room. You go to your room. You watch your iPad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go smoke, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Um, and or just the way sometimes of the tone in my voice when I'll talk to like specifically Oliver. And then I'll catch myself being like, oh, no, like, I'm literally Darren talking to me. Yeah. And this feels terrible. And then I'll I'll uh, overcorrect by then, like, you know, trying to do something with Oliver or, or you know, something special. I, I don't know. Yeah. I always feel bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I do see those things. And then, you know, even though it's not genetic, but the drinking habits, dude, as soon as I started hiding stuff. Right. Or putting it like under a chair in here or yeah. purposefully putting it in a place where you couldn't find it. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is a, a carbon copy of what he would do. Yeah. You know? When I feel like also when it comes to the alcohol stuff, there was a lot of like, <clears throat> yeah, I drink a lot or I'm drunk a lot, but you weren't him. You weren't like no, mean I wasn't and abusive, abusive. No, 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 and no, stuff no. like that. No. So just, I think just on the aspect of hiding it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that like for mm -hmm. you... You were always comparing yourself 
to like this version of a, of a, a drunk person, an alcoholic person. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm not that. So like essentially kind of what's the big deal for a long time? It felt like yeah, very much what's the big deal because I'm not as bad as this dude was. Right. right? So it kind of like tainted your view of what is acceptable and what isn't. Mm-hmm. But I resonated a lot with that idea of like you think there are certain things that you experienced as a kid or ways that you were disciplined or even just the way that your parents would talk to you sometimes. And then you're like in your head, you're like, I would never do that. And then I would catch myself, especially when Ollie was when we were like brand new parents. Right. Like we I had Oliver when I was. 24 um and i remember a lot of times repeating stuff that my parents would say to me to oliver because i looked at it for a really long time i looked at my parents and i was like man they like really did it right you know like i never got in a lot of trouble it felt like they steered me away from friendships that like could have caused me a lot of trouble but they did it in a way that didn't make me like rebel or do anything like that. But yeah. then, but then I started looking at other stuff and, and I don't know if it's fair to necessarily attribute all of that, but for me working through it on my own, it's just an example. But like my dad uh, would say to me a lot, something along the lines of, Hey, you're just talking to talk. Nobody's listening to what you're saying or you're the only one listening to you right now. And I think that it, even when we talked about doing this podcast, my immediate thought was who the fuck wants to hear what I have to say? Like, it's not that nothing that I'm going to say is that important or that revolutionary or whatever. And I'm like, is that a confidence thing? Is that a, this is a thing my dad said to me for a very long time. Uh, but I would I would catch myself saying that to Ollie when Oliver would just like babble, you know, when he would yeah, be like right. three or four or five. And I'm like, bro, you're nobody's listening to you right now. Can you stop doing that? Mm. And now I try to I try to lean more into when Ollie just wants to like make noise, you know, like sometimes Ollie just wants to fill the space with noise. So they'll well, sit in the back yeah. and whistle or do these things. And And now I try to lean more into this this language of hey are you making noise just to make it yeah because if you have something to say i want to hear it but if you're making noise to make it please stop doing that because Mm -hmm. i'm overstimulated but it is an interesting thing where i it is it is a very hypocritical thing for me because i know that more than likely oliver got that trait from me yeah because I am very much someone who needs to either be in my own complete silence mm-hmm. or I need to fill the silence. And typically it's filling silence. And whether that's music or tapping or talking or fun fat, whatever. And so sometimes it's hard for me to not be hypocritical in telling Ollie, stop it. Mm-hmm. Because I know like... Well, when I'm aware of it. Okay, I've been tapping my feet probably for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's it's a subconscious thing at this point that I just, I move. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that moving makes noise, especially when we're in the truck or something. Yeah. 
or the car where I'm tapping on the floorboards. Yeah. Um, always on a table or a computer. Um, I know I'm noisy at work, so I appreciate that those people put up with <laughs> my shit. And so, yeah, it is a, I don't know. I have to ride that line between teaching Oliver the social acceptable, like where the boundaries are of like, you can be quirky, you can be weird, you can be noisy and whatever, but you have to also learn when not to. Right. I think that's the important part. Yeah. Or to be able to like read the room and like, are you doing something that's yeah. making noise, but it's fine? Or are you actively <laughs> annoying people? Because yeah, I think a right. lot of times like we're pretty good about saying like, hey, that's kind of driving me crazy right now. Can you do something else? Like, I don't expect our kids <clears throat> to be quiet. And I think that for right. a while there, it felt like. Mm, it felt like my dad would be very like. I need you to shut up. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I became very good at just as soon as he he didn't have to say it. Give me the, give me this look or we all sit down at the dinner table and I can tell within a matter of 20 seconds like are you in a mood where we're all going to talk and have a good time or we're, did you have a hard day at work mm -hmm. so we're going to eat quietly and and then we're going to get up and you know what I mean? Like my yeah. dad's mood very much dictated the vibe for the whole night. And I wanted to create the least amount of waves possible once I got to the point where I could, I could read that. You know, yeah. like when you're a little kid, you don't fucking know that. You're mm -hmm. not, you're four or five, six years old. You're not looking at your dad and being like, is he mad? Yeah. Like, should I really not be annoying? But as I got older, I'm like, oh, nope. I need to shut up. I need to shut up. I need to finish eating and I need to yeah. get away from him. Like right. he wants me to get away from him right now. Yeah. And I think that that's like fine as a parent to like need that time where you just need your kids to go away. But I think that where that has carried over for me now, it's happened the last couple of times we've gone home where we have three kids. We have three rambunctious kids and we go to my parents' house and my parents are both retired yeah. and live in this like, you know, quiet space, yeah. right? But when we go home, we typically will <clears throat> stay with my parents and our kids are a lot. And I think because we've been so uh, lax with kind of shutting Ollie down whenever Oliver starts to like really act like they know a lot more than they do, you know, or. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, where we've been more lax about it because I feel like, again, that for me, that's a trauma response because I was told a lot that like what but, I was saying was stupid and yeah. I don't want, I don't want my kids to We're feel stupid. We're trying to be more like Oliver, all our kids, eventually they will figure out like, oh, I should probably not be doing this. Yeah. And, and so it's like. There's no reason to like cut that right now for me. There's no reason to tell Oliver that. Man, like that that invention that would never work. You are literally not going to make a movie within a week. Literally. But we'll let you try. But yeah, I'm not going to like crush your dream right now. There's no reason to do yeah. that. But Ollie will then say those things very confidently to my parents. Yeah. My parents are very much like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then Ollie yeah. wants to argue because mm -hmm. we have created this space where Ollie feels comfortable to like continue a conversation with us. Mm. Whether we want to have it or not. <laughs> yeah. Always a talker when and, you get them going. And my <clears throat> my parents, and especially my dad, uh, they're 
very quick to think that that could come off like disrespectfully or like my kids are talking back to them. And so as soon as I pick up the vibe that my kids are annoying my dad at all, at all. It's like you want to scoop them up and get them out of the room. I want to scoop them up and get them out of there because that's how I felt I was supposed to react when I was a kid. I need to shut up and leave as soon as possible. And when I say that to my parents, my dad immediately is like, no, I don't want you to go anywhere. What are you talking about? Like, I'm fine. And I think that my dad is a softer person now than he was when I was young. So he is a very different grandparent than he was a parent. And I do think that my dad can handle a lot more now than he. But my trauma response is what I had as a kid was a dad that would absolutely like if we didn't get the hell away from him when he needed us to, he would yell a lot. You know, my my dad was never physical with us, Mm. you know, like. I got less than five spankings <laughs> my entire childhood, and yeah. I earned those. It wasn't like I was just a, being annoying that day or something. But, like, my dad is an intimidating dude, and he knows it, and he would use that when we were kids to get to keep us in line. I don't want my kids to be intimidated by me. I don't want them to be afraid of me. Because I want them to feel like they can talk to me about whatever they want to talk to me about. Or if they're struggling with something. Or if they have a great idea. Because I feel like I was told so often that what I was saying was stupid. Or that it wouldn't make sense. Or these are all the hurdles you would need to go dig it over. Before I could feel like that was a reality for me. Yeah, And I tied that into even like. I knew really early on, probably middle school, I really, like, I wanted to be a lawyer. That felt like a, a job that I would be really good at. I, I think like, you would be. I like I debating. I feel like I can carry a conversation. I can, like, help people understand where I'm coming from. you really from. good at finding the, like, mm, hold on, but, mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I feel like I, I knew immediately, the couple of times that I brought it up a little bit, Again, middle school age, early high school, it was a little like, okay, you know, like they didn't take that seriously at all. But I knew if I ever came to them in a really real way, like, hey, no, I definitely want to go to law school. The first thing would have been, well, that's really expensive. And then it would have been, you're going to be in school a really long time. And that would be really hard to be a parent and, you know, be with your kids whenever you have all of this work to do. That's a very involved career it would have immediately been all of those things instead of oh my god i think that that could be really cool for you Mm. i think that that would be a great career for you i think that you know yeah certain things certain aspects of that would be tough but you're a great student you're a good studier you've always shown whenever you really want to do something you can do it you know like there wasn't that encouragement and so now i feel like we almost overcompensate in that arena with Oliver, where it's like, Ollie tells me, yeah, I want to, I want to get a movie published on Netflix before I'm 11. Yeah. And I'm like, in my adult brain, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But instead right now, when Ollie says that, I'm like, cool, what are the steps for that? You know? Yeah. Or like, you need to write a script. Are you writing a script? Yeah. Well, it- I don't, I already have one. 
Yeah, like, okay, great. Well, we have to, we need to write it out. Do you need help with that? Like, I'm yeah. trying to, in my adult brain, I understand sure. my kid is not going to put a movie on Netflix by the time they're 11. Yeah. And realistically, I know that Oliver doesn't even have like the work ethic to pull that off, you know? Not yet, no. Not yet. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that to him, Yeah. to them. And I feel like I did not, re- that was a parenting decision that I made very specifically because I did not want my kids to feel the way that I felt any time that it, I brought up anything that was outside yeah. of like a normal, safe, blue collar, like career. And not that there's anything wrong with those, but I feel like that in my parents' head, that was that was the thing that would make the what most sense. What do you sense. think your response is? Because now that I'm like just sitting here mulling it over, I I feel like I have a similar uh thing not with my parents but uh for the longest time with my brother Mm -hmm. of you know my brother is five years older than me and i always had this complex of wanting to at least be as good as him at whatever whether it was music sports school uh whatever and i always felt like i wasn't and one specific thing that I'm thinking about is no matter for the longest time, <clears throat> no matter how cool something was that I was, <clears throat> excuse me, so, so sorry, no matter how cool something was that I was working on, uh, whether it be a piece of art, um, you know, I used to do vehicle wraps or signs or whatever it was. The first response I would get was a criticism of mm-hmm. some kind. Mm-hmm. And I have, I was like, every time I, it's like, I, I took this chance at showing my brother, like literally like a, (laughs) check this out. And then it would be this like quick silence. And then just like, look over it. What's this here? There's always like a pick out, like one tiny imperfection. I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a. Yeah, I guess there was an air bubble I didn't get to. I'll get that in a sec. But like, what do you think about like what I'm showing you? Yeah. You know, and uh, we've worked through that, and uh, I think we're on the other side of that. But I do have this complex that I think a lot of we've talked about this before, but a lot of what I do, there is this. Pu- it's never specifically for one thing. But it's like a, a bunch of puzzle pieces. And I feel like one of the puzzle pieces is trying to please my brother. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like I want to I want to display uh, my success and my talents. And um, yeah, and he's, he's getting better. I, I just told you that this past week, uh, my sister recommended uh hey we should finally start that three-way group chat we've been needing to do and a few days went by and so i was like you know what feeling a little saucy so i just started it i was like hey uh you know we're trying to be big on hype with our kids and especially sibling hype because you know we've talked about hey you you can choose friends you can choose your spouses and whatever, but you didn't choose these siblings. And 
this is your like crew and you need to do the best that you can do to support not only like protect but also support yeah you know your your fellow brothers here mm-hmm. um because i know what it's like to feel unsupported yeah as a sibling and um yeah it's still something i'm like working through and struggling with and coping with I th- even if it does continue to get better um, relationship wise and all that, it'll still, I don't think ever be the, th- the thing I always wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at these, you know, TV shows and movies where brothers are tight. Yeah. Or you hear about <clears throat> uh, like the Duplass brothers who are like, you know, Hollywood writers and have great indie films and, and or the Duffer brothers who have the stranger thing, you know, I dream about a world where it's me and my brother conquering the world mm-hmm. because my brother is so fucking smart. Si- again, Six Sigma certified engineer, scientist, like dude can put his mind to it and he has put his mind to things, just not things involving me. Yeah. And... I don't even know where we got on this tangent, but can I tell you? Uh, I see you tearing up over yeah, this. I this, know you want to say this, something. This topic, like, legitimately <sighs> wrecks me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I like I almost feel bad because I think that we grew up. Uh, our family dynamic was so drastically different, and I think that you were able to think that your situation was fine because that was the one that you knew. And then you come into my family yeah, and you, you know see this normal, other right? dynamic yeah. and you're like, that's weird. You know, <laughs> like that's different. I've never really seen. And so for me, yeah. I have struggled so hard to watch you want a relationship so badly because you see how close my sister and I are. Like we are thick as thieves and we like. I really- wanted a friend. We barely poured into that, but yeah, like we yeah. were talking, my sister's out here um, visiting right now and we were talking earlier about just like, I think that you have always really, really wanted a relationship with your brother that you have never had before. So it's like, you're constantly trying and trying and trying to get this thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to knock your brother. I think he doesn't get it. Because I don't think that he feels the same, like, need to have a relationship with a little brother that you're so desperately searching for in your older brother. Yeah. And you have this example of my sister and I, and our our age difference is literally the same as you and your brother. So you see this, this... this relationship and you think well why can't i have that what do i need to do to get that and the amount of times that i have watched you from the sidelines when you're showing your brother these things that you're doing or you're like and i i know how desperately you're trying to get that that approval or that like dude that's so great like look at you look at what you're doing look at what you've done and it just doesn't feel like you've ever gotten that and like i was i found um (laughs) I found the the speech that your brother wrote uh, for our wedding. Where is it at? Is it in my humidor? Yes. I found it. 
the other day and I, and I read it and I haven't read that since, you know, he said it at the wedding. But even reading through that and knowing the difference in your brother's speech versus my sister's speech, your brother's was very like, ha ha, look at this. It's a joke. My brother is goofy. Look, ha ha. And I I think that, and I, well, but of course you did (laughs) because it was was important to you. It was like this opportunity. And I remember, ew, this is going to suck for me. (laughs) I remember when Ollie, right before I had Arlo, we had this party for Oliver. You know what I'm going to say. And it was this party to celebrate that like Ollie was going to be an older sibling and how important that was and how excited we were. And we wanted to make it this big thing. Like you're finally going to have a sibling and you're going to have a brother and you get to like, and so it was this big like celebration of that before the baby came. We wanted Ollie to feel really special and we painted up this mailbox and we had this idea for our family members to come over and like write Oliver a letter with like advice on how to be a, a an older sibling or how to be a sibling in general. Um, and your sister put a note in there and my sister put a note in there and my parents and your parent, like so many people wrote notes. And I remember you being so like excited and interested to see what your brother would write. And he didn't write one. And I remember being so sad for you because I knew how badly you wanted to read it. You wanted that piece of paper that said how important it is to be a brother and how great it is to have one. And he didn't do that. And so I hear you now that like, I know that you and your brother are trying to like mend this relationship and stuff. But I think that for me, I still think that he's lacking. I think that he, and I think you're trying to, um, to just like cope with that um and you're trying to almost like convince yourself that he's doing a better job but i think that i think your brother just doesn't value it the same way as you and i don't know why i don't know if he just didn't feel like he was told that that was that important as a kid or like that follow-up once he moved out i don't know what the reason is but i see how it has affected you our entire relationship and so I'm just like constantly let down. And I think that like I see you constant like I see you always looking to do these new things. And for a really long time your brother was like one of the first people that you would like try to call or send a text to to like say hey I'm doing this new thing or look at this new thing I'm trying. And a lot of times you were met with like radio silence. Hmm. And even this podcast you sent the pilot off to him before this all started, before it went live and radio silence. And it's like, I think that you're constantly like trying these new things to see if he will finally like give you that. Like, damn dude, that's so cool. Like, look at what you're doing. That's incredible. You know? And like, look at the life you've built for your family. And like, I'm like so proud of you that you have grown to be from this goofy brother that I used to, you know, fucking beat up all the time. Like you have grown into a really good man and a really good dad and a really good husband. And I'm like, just so devastated for you that you aren't receiving that. So I like, I struggle. That's where, again, I've kind of had all of these like 
you know, issues and like hard relationships with a lot of people in your family because I see these things and I'm like, I just want them to love you well and to communicate how proud they are of you and like everything you've overcome and everything you've fought through to get where we are now. And even along the way, like when we were struggling, it's like, dude, you're still showing up, you know, like the amount, the amount of times that I've needed to be able to lean on my sister for support. And I don't know how I would have even like gotten through certain aspects of my life if I hadn't had that from her and thinking that like you should have had that too. And instead you were often met with like just this lack of care. And I, I don't know, I felt like even whenever we were like, even when you were telling him, I, I like need you to care. I need to feel like you care. You were met with like defensiveness and anger. And then, and then we just literally didn't have a relationship for a couple years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know. So for me, I hear you and I don't, and at the end of the day, I don't think that I'm not trying to like yeah. shit on your brother, yeah, sure. but I just think that like, for whatever reason, he doesn't value the relationship in the way that you value it and the way that you have always wanted him to value it. He has never valued it that way. Mm. So it's hard that you want this relationship <clears throat> from someone that you've never you have never had that relationship with them. They have never yeah. acted interested enough to like make any sort of time or effort for that. I struggle with that, I think in general, of yearning for things uh, that I can't actually have. And I think it started with, I don't want to say started, but an early one I can remember is, you know, obviously an affinity for Harry Potter came. I actually got them out of order. It was right when the craze had started, but like a little late. So I got the second book uh, right around Christmas. Cause I think they came out in what November. Yeah. Um, and then the movies did too. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, so yeah, we, I got this. My first book was the second book. I didn't know that. Even though it said year two on the side, I thought that was just like, that's just where the story started. Yeah, whatever. And naive. And I think my parents were. Anyway, I actually, I think that year my mom got me a copy and um, at my dad's house, I got a copy too. But I just remember it was this magical. We went to Tennessee somewhere, maybe like Gatlinburg or something. Your family does like Gatlinburg. Yeah. It, I've it, never gone to Gatlinburg. Somewhere somewhere where it was like kind of snowy. It was in it was in cabins. Mm-hmm. And I remember it had like an indoor uh a hot tub, like kind of off the living room. We literally you know have, we have literally done this vacation with your family in Gatlinburg. It's definitely there. Yeah, same yeah, same same type of thing. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I don't I don't blame awesome. them. I wish I would have spent more time there. But I remember, man, we got there and I was just so eager to read and I, and I, and again, like I mentioned at the very beginning, I've always struggled with reading, like physically reading. Not that I can't comprehend it. Obviously, yeah. I can comprehend it. It's the act of following a, a straight line 
And then I don't know, my eyes just like run off course. It's like I can't stay on the bike sometimes. Yeah. But for whatever reason with this book, it just entranced me literally where I was just like just in it. And I remember it had this kind of lofty thing. I could see the snow out. Yeah. And I ha- it had come with uh, these really cool early edition art bookmarks mm-hmm. with like a little star. on. Oh, my oh yeah. Gosh, I still have those. And it just felt really magical. To- what was the point I was making with this? Do you remember? Um, well, I think you were yearn- it was like yearning for things you can't have. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So that. I was just kind of explaining. Yeah. Or, or what my early magical days of. And it was this first true escape for me Mm -hmm. and it was this feeling of i wish i could have this feeling all the time and then i got into the movies when they started coming out and then uh, i would draw duplicate copies of the cover art and hang them on my wall and clay figurines and hang shit from my ceiling i re i i wanted my letter to hogwarts so goddamn bad to 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 the fact that i'm an adult now and I have my letter on my arm, yeah, held by Dumbledore's rotten hand. Yeah, it 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 was my my first true, yeah, escapism. And I I mean I do that now. I wish I could meet people who were dead, and like, yeah, I wish I could have careers that there's no way I could be a touring musician for some big famous band now because I have a family and I don't want that even though I want that. Yeah. You know, and then in the same aspect, I want to have a relationship with my brother that never did exist. Yeah. And because of that never can whatever we build from here, which again, I do need to like asterisk what we've been saying as of this recording, like, you know, this year we've been texting a little bit on and off. But like you said, sometimes I will say his response to that was that he he was actually pretty sick. And so he was real bad about it. So he did. I didn't fill you in on that. But I feel like we're there is, especially since we tried this three way text, there is this effort of like, OK, we're going to do this. And then if we don't, we don't. You know, I had that conversation with you. We've had this great experiment almost with everybody. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, I'm not saying, yeah, I, I'm just tired of feeling like I'm spinning wheels trying to, uh, specifically in the case of, you know, trying to make relationships work. Yeah. I'm just feeling that exhaustion and I just want to, and that was part of why we took that little break to reset is like, just going to focus on my therapy and my personal shit that I've got going on. And yeah, deep down we all love each other, but right now we need a break from talking to each other, interacting and everything. Yeah. And I'm hoping that that was a good reset that we needed because while there are some disappointments, you know, here or there or some rocks still in the road overall, we're not driving through the potholes we used to be. Yeah. Some, yeah, <laughs> but not these, not as yeah. many, I guess, you know, and that yeah. progress to me is worth something. Yeah. And so, but again, it will never be what I wanted. And that is a devastating thing to like have to come to terms with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like um, another thing you've kind of talked about wanting since we've been together. Um, and again, I think it's just because you 
have seen it in movies or seen it in TV shows, but you've always wanted like the big family get together at Christmas where like I've wanted that since like I was a kid. Like, yeah, high yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like you've been saying that to me from the very beginning. Yeah. And it was this like, I want to live somewhere or I want to travel with my family to this place where there's a lot of snow and we all stay in this like big house and we play games and we go sledding and we build yeah. snowmen and it's this magical, magical thing. And now we live in a space where Christmas is magical. There we get a lot of snow. We have wildlife. We have yeah, man, we've got like 14 deer that come through, you know, like I'm about to name them. We got deer and so, turkey that come every it's damn so day. So magical. <laughs> and and we've got great sledding hills and mm. and we're still all like young enough to be able to go down those sledding hills and not feel it for two weeks after, you know, like Yeah, I know. I think it's one of those things where now that we're here I know we've briefly talked about it, but in my mind, uh, not this year, but I've already kind of talked to mom about it a little bit. Uh, uh, but next year, I want to plan something. And if you don't come, you don't come. Yeah. You get the invite. But I was just talking about this, about the concept of, you know, we've played at other people's game nights. For so long is what it feels like anyway. And I'm sure the pe- some people listening who are related to us in some way are probably feeling that same way about themselves. That's the complication here. Yeah. But it's like, or like with family traditions or again, Christmas, it's like our oldest is almost 10 and we want to get to the point where it's like, no, we're going to host our own game nights now. And yeah. if you want to come play with us, right? you're welcome to sit at our table, yeah. but it's going to play our games now, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And so that's where, yeah, not this year, obviously, too soon, but next year, I want to, I want to plan that. Yeah. And I want to give our family, the ones I want to come, ample opportunity to not, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be able to say, like, you have time to plan this. Yeah. And if it's not worth it for you to come or you just can't swing it, then we'll try next year. But you'll get that invite, and that's what it is. Yeah. Because it is something that, like, I have always wanted in my yeah. heart. When I think that's where for me, like my hope with you getting older and like kind of coming to terms with where these relationships are and where they might end up being and where they definitely, you know, aren't going to be that like, yeah, everyone's invited. But like if you don't show up, it's not going to taint my time. Or like I think that for us really focusing on. We're going to make our own traditions with our kids and we're going to pour into that. And we're, and we can hope that when we are grandparents, that we can, we can have those big family get togethers at Christmas that you always wanted, but with our kids and our grandkids, because just because you couldn't, you didn't get that with your family doesn't mean that we can't have it in ours. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I think that like, you have focused for so long on these relationships that kind of consistently have just let you down and hurt you. And I think moving forward now, it's like, I need to just, I need to try to not let this hurt me anymore. You are always invited and I always want you to be part of my life and part of these things, but I can't feel shitty about myself because you don't want to be in it. Because I just feel like for a really long time, very specifically with your brother. It's like you care more about what he thinks about what you're doing than what your dad thinks about what you're doing. 
Like mm. it feels like you have really put your brother on that this. That is an interesting point. You on know. this space of like, I need to impress this one. It's specifically here. my brother. Yeah. That's like, again, it's a part of the, it's a puzzle piece. It is, a, it is a big one. Yeah. And it feels like because you don't feel like you have been able to impress him to the level that you want to impress him or that he hasn't expressed to you that he yeah. isn't, that he is impressed. I think for a very long time, you felt then inherently less impressive. And then right. you really yeah. struggle yeah. with this imposter syndrome. Like, am I even this I good? I still do, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that is you, so heavy with me. But like, you are absolutely an impressive person. Like, you are so talented and so smart and so quick and funny and creative and like all of these things that you like can't even teach a person. You are those things. You are somebody that is worth bragging about and worth being impressed by. And I, I hope that like you're able to see that and move away from like this one person validating me or not validating me does not actually dictate how valuable I am. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I think that it's important. Yeah. It just feels like that lack of um, acknowledgement has then made you feel like you're less impressive to everyone. Mm. And I, and that's just not the case. Yeah. I am very impressed by you <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I'm like, Thank how you. are you so good at so many things? <laughs> Thank you. It's actually infuriating <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, I think we could wrap it up maybe on a question or two. Um, Depends on how much time we get. Just to kind of, yeah, lighten it up a little. I have it pulled up, yeah. Okay. Um, someone wrote in the group asking about how we came up with the names of the kids. And I thought that oh. was a pretty good mm -hmm. question. I remember so desperately yeah. wanting to name Oliver Clark. I thought that was the cutest mm. name. I didn't hear it a lot. It felt like yeah. an old-timey name, but it wasn't like too like out there. Um, and I just dude, like there's just something about like Clark. It's yeah. like such a hey, I Clark. I like how harsh it is. I think it's like yeah. borderline hysterical. <laughs> and the thought of having like a five year old in a kindergarten classroom named Clark yeah. was hilarious to me. But you were like Clark Keith is too much. Yeah, it sounds like a superhero. It's too like, much. like a like a knockoff super superhero. <laughs> yeah, the wish version of Superman. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I. <laughs> I was devastated that you didn't want that. Yeah. And then we toyed around with Henry, but then uh, someone that you were friends with. There's a few people who named, named their, their kid Henry. Henry. Yeah, pretty, like, and eh, it felt like, right. okay, there's too many like right now. Yeah. Um, and then you were a big fan of Oliver. Yeah. And I was not because I loved the name Olive. For a girl. Yeah, yeah. And I you thought, no, if it. we have a girl, I can't, we can't have an Oliver and an Olive. That's ridiculous. Mm, you could. Well, well, <laughs> we never had a girl, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I finally was like, yeah. fine, okay. Um, and then Oliver's name is Oliver Allen Keith, and Allen's my dad's middle name. So that felt like, mm -hmm. you know, a way to kind of like shine some light on my dad because he, he has, he has dedicated his life to making, my sister and I's life uh, to making our lives better. Yeah. You know, my dad 
Um, my dad skipped out on promotions at work because he wanted to be there for us to, for our, our volleyball games and our softball games. He wrote us notes after all of our mm-hmm. games to tell us, you know, how proud he was of us or like, you know, things that we could work on. Right. My dad literally did not take a vacation my entire childhood with the exception of one uh, because he wanted to put it, all of his extra money into uh, college funds for my sister and I. Yep. My dad is a construction worker. He worked concrete his whole life. My mom worked customer service for a tool company. They were not well off, uh, but they paid cash for my sister and I's college. Mm-hmm. That was so important to them. It was huge. So it felt like that was a way to kind of honor the sacrifices that my dad made for us. Um, and my dad, my parents have been very supportive of us. They've loaned us money when we've needed it. They've like always wanted to lend a hand if we needed it. Uh, they've cooked a lot of dinners for us. Like they've just kind of always been around. So yeah. they're like important. Um, and then with Arlo, we found his name. His Arlo's full name is Arlo Otto Keith. And we found Arlo and Otto on the war memorial in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And plus we liked how bouncy it was. It was yeah, just fun. Arlo Otto Keith, which is so funny because he is a bouncy little thing. Yeah. So his He's name taking just... The- plays so perfectly. funny how it seems yeah the middle kid trope is just <laughs> fitting perfectly yeah. the kid is gonna be a spit yeah. fire man. yeah um, I feel like i feel like oliver's gonna be like our smart and re- like reserve well, not reserved that's not the right term oliver's still like wild too yeah but like more in the oliver's getting into animation more nerdy type well, stuff and oliver is so desperate to be looked at as a grown up an intellectual yes Yes. like of course i can handle that thing or of course i can watch that or of course i can hear you talk about i can handle that yeah yeah and i'm like you're nine years old so you also don't need to watch that (laughs) thank you um and then with simon simon's name is simon alexander keith yeah you have asked for alexander always since ollie and i was like that is a mouthful i don't want a big well it's because there's a uh, a family beer company out of nova scotia that is really hard to get in the U.S., but some places apparently can import it for you. We just never pulled the trigger on trying to get that. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Alexander Keith's, and it has our family stag on it, and so it's like a perfect, yeah, like family heirloom thing to like have. On and the I shelf. remember for me, it was like I would never call him Alexander, and also I thought about the the tests, the like, you know, the test where you fill in the bubbles, standardized oh, test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like. Do you, know forever. How, do you know how annoying that would be to have to spell out Alexander <laughs> yeah. and then fill out all those bubbles? Um, but we struggled with a first name for Simon for a long time. Yeah. And then we landed on Simon, I think, after we just kind of like went through all the 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 names online and on in baby books and yeah. stuff. And um, I feel like overall that well, so we we broke the pattern because Oliver Allen Keith was OAK. And so you got a little acorn. Yes, that was my first tattoo. It was an acorn. It's bigger than I remembered it, actually. A little baby oak. I think all my tattoos start started to look bigger after I lost some weight. Oh, okay. Uh, Makes sense. It's taking up more real estate now. And then Arlo Otto was A-OK. Yes. And then we broke the chain with Simon. Also, because I I struggle so much with like theming, calling Oliver Arlo and Arlo Oliver. Like, 
Oh yeah. Two They're names that close. have the aw sound. We fucked uh, up. Oh, oh, Man, we uh. fucked up. <laughs> so I'm always tripping over it. Mm. Um, but also you really like the show Mental it the Mentalist and the actor from that show. Oh yeah. His name was Simon. And once we recognized yeah. that, we we're like, all right, that's probably a good name. Yeah, but now I'm gonna say it's for Simon Phillips. Um one of the other sure. more prolific drummers of Toto. Sure. And also just on his own, just fucking insane. Yeah. So uh, I got another. Do you think we got time for another one? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Um, would love to hear about your childhood pets. Maybe like one or two that are like stand out to you. Yeah. So you go ahead and start. Okay. Um, first one I want to talk about uh, was Jasmine the cat. Uh, my parents yeah. got Jasmine when I was 10. It was like the summer after I had turned 10. Uh, and she was a Siamese cat and she put up with my shit. I loved that cat so much. I would put like my Barbie backpacks like on her. We've yeah. got pictures of her with those backpacks on. Uh, if you'd be like Jasmine the cat, she meow like she would every <laughs> time, no matter what. Um, and then she also would literally play fetch with you. Yeah, uh, she would go get the ball, bring it back. I loved that cat. Yeah. Um, and then she, my sister, very much did not love that cat. And I remember we had a Bates family court. Because my sister wanted to get rid of the cat. <laughs> yeah. I and I'm like, how dare you? I yeah. love this cat. Yeah. And so we presented our cases. Wonder why I wanted to be an attorney. I'm playing one. Yeah. And my sister drew these pencil drawings of the cat, like where the cat had scratched my like chest. And like <laughs> she put up this just whole debate about it. My parents, of course, did not get rid of the cat. They like wouldn't <laughs> have done that. But when Jasmine died because she got like cat leukemia, yeah. I was a wreck. Yeah. I bar- I buried that cat wrapped up in my baby blanket. Uh-huh. We had a cat funeral and my sister did not come wow. to the cat funeral. And I remember I was so I was so mad at her. And I very <laughs> specifically walking in there to let her know that I could not believe that she didn't come to this cat's funeral. And she was watching Jerry Springer and said that she didn't care. Wow. She's written out of the will. Bro, <laughs> couldn't believe that. I remember the, I have a few actually I want to get to, so I'll try to keep them brief. Um, we had a pug named Fancy. That was my mom's like darling that I could, that's the one. That, <laughs> what a silly little name. <laughs> oh yeah. She's a queen. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, she had the, sure. all the deviated septum <laughs> stuff and yeah, just. Good yeah. old chubby pug. When I think of a royal dog, pug comes to mind. Absolutely, so. <laughs> queen. Uh, and then at my dad's house, we had a um, a dog for the longest time named Max. And he was a giant Great Dane. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a bigger than a Great Dane. He was a great Great Dane. My dad would do this thing. He He's an outside dog because he had this giant, <laughs> giant dog house. It was like, imagine a dog house. And then literally like triple it. It was fucking it's like huge. a it's like a shed. It was. It really was. It was like a shed because this dog was so fucking huge. Yeah. And he would we would put him out on the line. He was he was white with black spots. And uh, my dad would do this thing where he would you know uppies where he would yeah he would tap his collarbone basically and the dog would just woof, right just I mean these meaty paws oh yeah just oh yeah and when he did that he would stand like significantly taller than my dad. Like this dude was, it was a horse. Oh yeah. Um, and then one thing about that dog, I remember I picked him up from a place over in Bloomington, over by your mom's work. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. 
it was this weird and now looking back totally makes sense with my personality yeah and my adhd all that good stuff but ever and i'm not kidding you every time we drove by that place probably until i was like in college and i was like okay i gotta stop yeah you absolutely did it with i me. literally would pass by that and i go hey there's max's old house yeah that literally that's how i would have to say it like yeah. hey, hey there's max's old house uh i don't know how many hundreds of times i've probably said that in my yeah. life but it is this weird compulsion of like i have to say that. which by the time we were dating yeah you didn't have your dad didn't have that dog anymore so i'm like who the fuck no is no like he'd like, been dead for years and years but it yeah. was just this like thing that i always said when i passed this certain house yeah 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 the other one for me uh also a cat which is funny because i'm not actually a cat person i prefer dogs um but I, we had this cat that I named Jake and the quirky, funny thing about Jake was that my, my parents lived in, uh, they still live in a house, uh, that once was, uh, a one room schoolhouse. And then, yeah, it's really you know, cool. It is very cool. Um, and then when they bought it, you know, somebody had like split it into rooms or whatever to make it a house. Yeah. Uh, but it's old. So mm -hmm. like we would have mice, you know, mice would get in. Jake the cat would catch the mice and then drown the mice in its water bowl. Yeah. Um, and then would either leave them <laughs> to be found in that way or, or this nasty little shit would then bring the sopping wet dead mouse. Good Lord. And drop it on our pillows while we were sleeping. <laughs> like, look what I've done. Look what I did for you. Oh, I can't imagine rolling over. Oh, <laughs> oh. no, I was like, awakened by oh a wet God, dead mouse was like right on my uh, head you know? oh man it was awful but like you know he was doing it but it's also like what kind of psychotic cat literally yeah. just drowns these yeah. mice and then doesn't eat it never wow never went that far just disgusting murdered him and then uh, okay i'll I, we had a lot of german shepherds growing up and then just a lot of like shop dogs yeah that darren would take back and forth to the mechanic shop or whatever but I'll, I'll mention one more dog and that was when i was in middle school when my mom divorced and we moved to the, that gosport house where it was just me my mom and then you know my sister occasionally because she was splitting time between my mom and then her stepdad's house or her dad's house yeah <clears throat> that we went to the humane society and went and picked out um he was a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I got a picture of him up there. I'll have to like take a picture and post it. Yeah. Um, just the he was abused, and it was very clear that he was abused. He was like you know sitting in the back corner of the. Actually, we went twice. The first time I had seen him, and then thought I was going to go with another dog, and then I just sat on it. I was like, I don't know. And then one of my buddies was like, I think you should go with that other dog. And so I did because it was like we had just moved. It was seventh grade. And my mom said I could buy one. I could go get my own dog finally. Like my Logan's dog. Yeah. And so we went back the next day. I picked him up. His name was Sebastian, I think. But I renamed him. Actually, I renamed him to Archie for like three days or something. I was like, I don't know about that. And then so I renamed him to Gibson. Yeah. And then just Gibby for short. And... Man, that dude, he really did help me with that mm -hmm. transition of going from 
living in my childhood home to now living in a new home and a whole new, no, it wasn't whole new, but a new house, new kind of new city. Uh, and city, yeah, town. town. This Gosport. fucking <laughs> tiny ass town. I shouldn't say city. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, yeah, just being in my room and it was just literally me and Gibby. Yeah. He would slip through the day. He would sleep on my little futon pullout thing and then just wait for me to get home and we'd watch TV, do my homework, play drums. Yeah. Didn't matter. That was like my, that was my home boy. And when yeah. he passed away, that like, that hit me harder than, I mean, listen. <laughs> yeah. It probably hit me harder than any like friend or family that's ever passed away. That was so sad. I feel like um, you and Gibson were like, truly like little twin flames like y'all yeah. were really thick as thieves the like just yeah like as much comfort as he gave you you gave him that too uh and he was just such a good dog we had gibson up until um you were 20 when gibson died yeah um and so we were living together and uh it was so sad because it felt like it came on so quick um, that he like, yeah. it felt like all of a sudden he was very thin, like out yeah. of nowhere, really thin. And then we and just found out that he was, you know, sick and there wasn't a lot we could do. Um, thyroid cancer. Yeah. And then he, and then he just died really fast. Within like a week or two. Yeah. yeah. We had like, we had like made the appointment to put him, to down. Put him down on like a Monday. We were going to have him put down on a Monday. Uh, but I think he ended up dying like Saturday night yeah, or something. Yeah, he didn't make it through the weekend. Oh, it was awful. It was so sad. And I felt so terrible uh, mm. when I when we woke up on that Sunday morning and you told me that he had died. Yeah. I couldn't look at him. Um, I had my mom come and pick me up. Uh, and it was like as much as I, I knew you were like crushed. I knew it was harder for you than it was for me. Yeah. But for me, I was like, I, I literally, I can't look at him. I can't yeah. see him like that. I can't be part of it. And I felt terrible because yeah. then you loaded him up yourself. You drove him all the way out to your grandpa's. You dug the hole. You buried him. And I was not part of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still, a decade, almost a decade and a half later, I feel terrible because I know that was so hard for you. But for me, it was like I had, you know, obviously had pets, lost pets. But that one that hit so different for me. And I loved Gibson, but it hit so different for me because I knew what it did to you. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I got I have to get out of here. Yeah. So it was a tough. very one. sorry for that. Yeah. But I was not part of that because I'm sure you would have preferred that I would have been part of that. In another sense, though, it was kind of nice that, you know, obviously you love the dog, too, but he was my dog. Yeah. So there was this other sense of, like, I had this quiet to process it because mm -hmm. I had the whole drive over there. Yeah. And I don't recall crying until probably that night, I think, or the next very next morning. Yeah. Like, it was a hard couple of days after that. I remember, like, after he was buried, just standing there and be like, I should be crying right now. But I was still in shock, I think. Yeah. You know, of, like fuck man yeah Ugh, anyway i didn't mean to turn that one <laughs> south should we just do one quick little more 
Here, this one's stupid. Someone asked, like, what are my favorite? <laughs> so not deep. What's your favorite rolling pe- papers? <laughs> oh, my God. Or method, vape, joint, bong, edible. Okay, so here's the thing. I Actually, this will be maybe kind of positive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so when I first started smoking, I would use just like a, a pipe, which I still have every now and again. Um. But then for ease of... Uh, I don't know, use, whatever. I switched to the vape carts so I could basically smoke at work and on the go and just have it on me basically at all times, discreet, all that good shit. Well, when we first moved out here, I was like, no, you should try edibles. You should try those. Oh, yeah. And then when we talk about, we talked about your high tolerance on the last episode. Yes. When I say you could put down literally a whole bag of edibles and be like, and be super fine. Like you would feel it at that point, but like yeah, I'd, my, yeah, I'd feel it in my eyes and my face and but all like that you stuff, were you were totally fine to I could manage. Hang, I remember I did two edible two. <laughs> what are you talking about when we went to that mine? Do you remember that? Oh my god! Do you yeah, remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, so I that I don't remember how many you took. I don't know was it one or two. I think I took two before that. Okay, and I know better because I don't have a high tolerance because I don't. I don't partake. You took very often. like yeah, so you took a little bit of a candy bar, I believe it was. Was and I had, oh, and then we had another package. It was usually you know ten milligram little yeah. bites, hundred milligrams per the package or whatever. Yeah. So I eat the whole package, <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure I ate more than half. So basically, the rest of your candy bar. Yeah. So nearly, probably what 180 milligrams. Oh my then. god. So nearly two bags. It was nuts. And then we went on the. My, down into the mines to with Oliver and <laughs> your sister to see how fun it was. And then, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes in, you're the one freaking out. Well, we had Arlo, too. This was for my 30th oh, birthday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we took a trip to Denver. And we had all of us. And my sister went, too, so that she could. We all we like to travel with um, another adult so that yeah. we can also hang out without the kids. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we went down into this mine because it was like. It was one where like they would like give the kid, we, they would give Oliver a little pickaxe and like let Ollie like yeah. have a mining yeah. experience. So it was supposed to be this really cool thing, but then also take us down to the mine. Well, we get down there and we're walking and there's a guy in front of us and then a guy <laughs> in the back. Or no, there was no guy in the back. I'm yeah. sorry. There was a guy in the front. We're walking down in the mines and I get to this place where I'm like, I'm certain. And he's going to kill us. Somebody's going to come running up behind us. And we're all dead. <laughs> oh my God, bro. I swear I could feel it. And it, I got so freaked out. I turned around to my sister. And my sister is not somebody that partakes in no. weed at all. No, no, no. At all. So she, I think she was annoyed we were even, that I was even high <laughs> at all. But I turned around. I was like, I have got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, oh, I was in a great spot. So I was like, all right, you guys go. See ya. Yeah. So then you and Ollie go. <laughs> and then literally my sister and I are sitting in the car and I'm like, hey, um, it's taking a long time. Like, at what point do we need to, like, call the cops? Oh, no. Like, I thought they they, they had just killed you then. <laughs> like, I was so freaked out. So, uh, yeah, you have an insanely high tolerance. Yeah. So we stopped buying edibles. Yeah. Because I can't even fucking handle them. And you can house a whole package and, and it's just not worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. So then I moved to the carts because, again, my work is, a, you know, I'm able to keep my shit within reason as long as I do the shit that I always do, which is a good job. Yeah. Uh, and so it's never been a problem. 
So that's, but for me, I've gotten to this point lately where I'm, I don't know. I'm just not feeling the daily use of carts anymore. Like I'll go back to them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for occasions where I do need to be discreet. Like tonight I went and got one cause you know, we were going to the movie theater and out at the mall and walking around or whatever. I don't want to be, you know, lighting up a pipe or whatever, but I have largely cut those out of my routine and now I am smoking joints yes every day and my favorite i don't know rolling paper right now is the blazy susans which are pretty cool the little pink ones yeah kind of retro look those are cute i love a cute rolling paper obviously zigzags i'm not into the king size ones really anymore which is like you know the big ones yeah uh just the way they smoke down so i and i'm also not into the tiny tiny dog walkers either i like kind of right in the middle the one and a quarter just a good, uh, you know, smoke break, uh, and a little extra dog walk. <laughs> so that's what I'm into right now. The dog walk ones are cute. They are the cute. First, the first time you bought a little package of those, I had never seen that before. Yeah. And I'm like, those are sweet. Like little my minis. My problem with the little, those little minis are usually, you know, on my light-ups, you know, there's a couple puffs where you waste a little bit. Yeah. And then... Usually once I get down to that last little like quarter inch, I don't like to smoke that anyway, just because all the tar and uh-huh. crap has passed through there that I feel like I'm, it's, I don't need that. So uh-huh. I'll just pinch that out. And so those little dog walkers, it's only like, great. This That was two minutes of fun. So yeah, I feel like I've landed on that good one a quarter size. Yeah. But if you had to recommend, it's a the Blazy Susan. Blazy Susans for now. I've got some yeah. new ones coming on the way. I can't remember what they were called, yeah. but I just got them off of Amazon. So, yeah. Give so. them a try. Yeah. If you're a weed smoker. Well, I think that's yeah. a good place to probably end it. Great. Um, if you haven't joined the uh, the Facebook group, we'd love to see you in there. Yeah. It's um, really fun so far. Some people are getting in there and, you know, talking about the episodes Mm -hmm. mentioning how they've resonated with certain things we've said i'm really enjoying that part because i do want to be clear i don't want it to maybe i said this last time but just in case i didn't i don't want it to necessarily be a place for you and i to just dump out all of our photos and personal stuff i I want it to be a place more of like you guys like kind of yeah take it over yeah i mean obviously we'll be in there too but i don't want it just to be the Logan and Kate show in there. Yeah. We're spilling all our shit here. So y'all can yeah. fill us in on what you got going on in there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also, if you want to fill us in on your shit in our inbox, you can send that over to my life at brokenyouthclub.com. Uh, yeah. We've got the phone number that'll be at the end of the show. 509-something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Let us know. We're going to get a sign to put up in the corner with all this stuff so we we don't stumble over it. Yeah, we should sure. have you come up with a jingle. We were talking about like great jingles the other day. You should come up with a jingle. Okay. You are... Like a 90s radio like yes. commercial. Yeah. Bab Super Value is working, working for, for you. you. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then my, I guess my little last thing, a little shameless self-promotion, Apple and, um, Apple podcasts and Spotify reviews and shares are huge for us. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't yet, go leave us a five-star review. That is big, big, big for early podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for being here. We care so much about you. We're so happy you're here. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you guys. Okay. Love you. Bye. Thank you.